Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live outrage. from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time for Mortgage Matters. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Thanks much for being with us. I feel like a stranger in the studio lately, Dan. I really do. That's what happens when you don't show up to work. <laughs> Just had things that going on. I gotcha. But it is good to be here today. And uh, imagine if you're going to get outside and do something today, it's a good time to get started. Today is the day. It's going to be hot later. <laughs> I walked out onto my front porch, go out and grab the newspaper in the morning, and man, it was just a great way to start the day. Yeah. It's nice out in the Beautiful Morbe. weather out right now. It's not even foggy out there? No. Sunny, warm, very nice. I hope you guys aren't burning all this uh, summer sunshine here in June when you need it that first week of July. Oh, no. We're just testing it out. Just making sure it'll yeah, hold. Making sure it still works. Yeah, speaking of that, why don't you say a little bit about the 4th of July, Dan? 4th of it's July. your baby. Wow, I just realized yesterday that it's two weeks it's away. It's two weeks away. Today, it'll, 13 days away. It'll be upon us. Yeah, it's it's happening soon. Um, as usual, I'm involved in the planning of the 4th of July out in Morro Bay, and it's, it's going to be another great year. Um, we have a big fundraiser coming up, a wine raffle. You'll hear a couple of ads play um throughout the show today for the wine raffle um and then the uh the fourth itself is just gonna be awesome we've got four bands lined up um our headliner is a local country group out of paso robles um what are they called well i guess i i just started wondering is it a group the the band is named after the lead singer um callie Cole. bobson but Callie Bobson is that right she's a recording artist she's been to Nashville she's recorded a couple CDs um, she's got a at least one song that's climbing the country charts no way so that should be pretty cool we've got three other great bands we're kind of doing a decades theme with our music this year because it is the 50th anniversary of the city of the incorporation of the city of Morro Bay mm. so we've got a band that's gonna do some 50s and 60s rock and roll and then some classic rock and then some 80s and 90s rock and then a more modern country band wow so it's it should be a fun time and then we've got some great um activities planned throughout the day for the families and kids there's a lot of that good stuff are you not interested in hearing about the fourth i think no, he's I like come know. on dan you're, you're drawing this out too no, no, long no no, no no it's just like i'm trying to find something some to music, go with some uh, music uh, that she might have sung in our computer and of course it's lagging ah gotcha oh i see um yeah so we've got there's a local production company a theater company that last year they came out and had a few characters perform some bits of the production they were doing last year shrek the musical i remember that this year they're doing beauty and the beast so they're going to come back out with characters from that production um and it's a promotion they're doing for their um i think their their production runs the last part of july the last couple of weeks of july so they're going to come out and do a little preview of it for us out at the park i know it's never been your style to like harsh on somebody else's uh firework thing here but 
Didn't we recently learn that Morro Bay puts basically the most money into their fireworks show um, around here? It's it's definitely up there competing for the top spot. It might not be the most. There might be one other town that um, spends about what Morro Bay spends, but there's a couple of shows that definitely are are lesser. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a it's one of the better shows that you'll see in the county, and um, and then you know the thing that that kind of separates the Morro Bay Fourth of July from some of the other towns is that it's really family oriented. There's a lot of opportunities to go out and have a have the party scene if you want that. That's not necessarily what's going on in Morro Bay. It's it's kind of a niche that we're that we want to um, be a part of. Um, like your rowdy neighbor to the north. Exactly. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, but it seems to me that maybe the Morro Bay Fourth Celebration is more geared to the the local community. Um, it's, it's both. Like Pismo is it gets so many people from the valley and south and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I I would say that it's split. You know, there it's definitely a, a celebration for the local communities. Um, you know. It, all, the whole county. We want the whole county to come enjoy what we do in Morro Bay. But it's a major tourist attraction. But it is. A, it is a tourist attraction. It's probably the busiest weekend of the of the whole year for for the city of Morro Bay. So it it does attract a lot of tourists. I mean, hotels are at maximum occupancy. Okay. Um, so there are a lot of people coming into town and. But that's what's great about the fourth. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's something that everyone awesome. has in common. We all we all. You know, grew up in this country, or I don't know, not everyone, but most of us grew up in in our country, and um, you know, care about the independence that we enjoy and and the freedoms that we all enjoy, and we get to celebrate that together, whether it's our neighbors or our neighbors from outside the area. I and I I love freedom. I love <laughs> also <you>? live music and <laughs> totally. colorful explosions in the sky. That's yeah. fun for me. And it's a completely free event, so that's the you know, bike parade is it. always a pretty big hit too. And I'll give you all a tip: if you're going to ride in the bike parade, go get your bike decorations early. A lot of yeah, the, stores, the dollar store <laughs> sells out. They will sell out of the red, white, and blue ribbons as it well. approaches the fourth. What's more Americana than the Fourth of July? I mean, there there isn't anything more Americana than the Fourth of July. I don't think. I I um, would. They can't be. I would agree. That's Merca. All right. <laughs> all right. Here we go. <laughs> well, Dan, as always, thanks for all that you do out there. I know that without you, it wouldn't be as good as it is. I see a lot of hard work and dedication go into it. So, well, I, I know you don't get enough recognition for it. <laughs> right. Really not. Um, but hey. It's good that somebody does it. Well, wow, you're you're light on the news desk over there. It's a light week. Yeah, was yeah. it? I yeah. felt like it was not. I um, from the beginning of the week, it was like there's a lot going on. So before I... before we get down and dirty here, yeah, into, yeah, yeah. into the topic at hand, I don't even know if you know this. Oh, but one of our really close friends had their first baby last night. The Jaycots. No way. Mike and Sam. They just did yeah. that way early and everything? Totally. Yeah. Wow. Actually, this morning at about 7 a.m. No way. Yeah. So congratulations to to Mike and Sam Jaycott. They're down at uh, Marion Medical Center down in what, Santa Maria, right? Down Is that Santa where Maria. they were going? Well, no, that wasn't the plan. But they, I were, guess they were, were there? Yeah. French won't take you if you're <laughs> before a certain time. 
that was their plan. That you know how it goes. Got it all planned out. They did the tours, did the classes. I and guess then I things can don't go. According I guess to plan. I can stop telling people now that first babies are never early. <laughs> yeah, ours was two weeks early. That was kind of a shock. Uh, that's crazy. Hey, well, congrats. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a tough <laughs> one to follow. There, that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, hey, we had uh, Wes is sending in Bruce Freeberg from Patterson Realty for the middle hour. Cool. You may middle recognize middle hour or last hour. Uh, oh, I think middle. Maybe I did that wrong. Hmm. In fact, I was asked to confirm yesterday, and I did say ten thirty. So okay, I blame it on me. All right, we're going old school. Um, you may recognize Bruce from around the. Uh, Facebook and I think it's I've even seen it in publications now he has his feet kicked up in front of a, a listing or a oh, closed escrow I haven't seen that it's pretty exciting you you, you really haven't no oh, I, haven't. I figured I mean, maybe, yes really I haven't I thought you were just trying to make <laughs> I thought you were just trying to make good radio and be, no I haven't I haven't seen it oh okay well you're gonna have to look is at this it. like his thing this is whenever he gets a totally. new listing he's yeah got, there's like a spot from wherever it is where he's like, like this is the place where you can relax the, and call home. The topsiders are kicked up <laughs> as in the foreframe of like the recently sold, That's recently cool. listed. Yeah, it is cool. I have to show you some pictures during the break. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we'll have him on for an hour here with us. And then otherwise, uh, there is a little bit to talk about this week. You know, as a as a. I guess sort of a place to start here this week again you know every week the mortgage bankers association releases something about mortgage applications and i'm always particularly interested in this so uh, i'll temper this by saying the last few weeks in our office have been very good lots of activity uh, we have lots of buyers that are getting into escrow lots of new escrows open things seem to be cranking along pretty well even a couple of refinance deals coming around. I don't know where those are showing up from, but they are. And um, But the Mortgage Bankers Association this week was saying that still, and tell me if this surprises you, 60% of the loan applications originated are for purchase loans. I kind of figured that number would be higher. Um, and then additionally, they're saying that the last month has been really slow, that May was tough and June is proving tougher and that they may begin facing layoffs. And I thought that was kind of interesting because that hasn't been the case around our office. Yeah. And that hasn't been the case that we've heard from all of the sales reps of the various banks that come into our office to, to try to get us to sell their products. They... They've, like our office, they've been very much in line with the rest of the state. And granted, this is just regional sales execs, so maybe it's different in other parts of the, of the country. But yeah, for the last six to eight months, things have been slow up until about April. And then Starting April, that things started to thaw out, warm up a little bit in spring and now getting into summer. And yeah, things well, have definitely I, picked up. The Mortgage Bankers Association is a national metric. And so um, yesterday I was with a friend that said, how's things going at um, the office? And I said, you know, it's actually going pretty good. I have kind of a renewed optimism and excitement about what there is to do and how much lies ahead. And um, said, well, is it the economy? Is it the interest rates? Is it the um, is it just because it's coming into summertime home buying season? 
And I go, yeah, all that. It's just, it's all that. And it's cool. Um, so it was just kind of surprising me to see that that maybe isn't the norm out there in the, the, the overall mortgage business, maybe the rest of the country. But then at the same time, this was the big frozen winter, right? This was, everything was kind of set aside to do for later because it wasn't good conditions to conduct business in, even get out and travel. So I feel like the rest of the country should have had actually um, some increased activity this month in terms of like everything. Yeah. It was a tough winter. Yeah. And it was the harshest winter. I mean, wasn't it everywhere but California was experiencing the harsh winter? Yeah. We, so had, you we think... had like heat wave and suntan December. <laughs> right. You would, you would think that things were, were picking up everywhere right now. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised at that as well. I'm also surprised, like you said, that the number of refinance applications is so high. Granted, yeah. we have seen a slight decline in interest rates, but nothing major. I mean, well, maybe a quarter of a point in interest rate. The refinance loans that people are doing today are generally, I, I see, I do have clients that have like an arm and they're wanting to go from, you know, they're in an adjustment period and they're, they're wanting to go from this adjusted arm into a new fixed one, right? Where they'll get five more years fixed at the low interest rate or something. There's been a couple of those guys coming around, not the norm. Um, some divorce couples bring in refinances. You can almost always count on that. And we've definitely seen some of those come through the office lately. Um, somebody's awarded the property and needs to get the debt out of the other person's name or something. Uh, so you cash out for purpose, whether it's yeah. debt consolidation, financing, uh, construction of a new home. Or buying someone out. Yeah. There's some of that stuff going on. But all in all, it feels to me that I'm about 90% purchase loans and 10% refi. That's that's how I'd score it. So when I hear the national average being 60% purchase and 40% refi, I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty wild. That's a lot of refi. Um, and it sounds like the banks are still steeped more in the refi business because those that's their clients that are coming to them. Um, and then companies like ours are like actively after the purchase business. So then I kind of think that some of those, some of that metric is just because that's the business that's falling into the bank's lap. And those are the very stats that are being drawn on to say that the sky is falling in some respect and that there are going to be more layoffs ahead and cut back and, you know, trying, trying to figure out how to navigate this. Say, well, that kind of makes sense because you are still waiting Relying for business to walk through the door yeah. of that refi business. And that's that's flawed logic. It's not there's not enough there to sustain you anymore. Yeah. So we'll see. Um the economy this week was, uh, I think, it, altogether, I'd say quite a bit of good news. All week long, though, every time a good headline came out, wasn't it overshadowed by some fear of volatility of things that may be going on overseas? Um, every time say, hey, there's been some good news in consumer spending. However, look what's happening in Iraq and never really a good time to to allow us to to soak in and, and kind of celebrate that this week felt like um, good stuff going on in, in our economy. 
at the same time, we sort of learn a little bit more about Yellen believing that there's kind of speed bumps in the road too and kind of fascinating. I learned this week, um, and maybe this is just the first time it popped out to me, but the job openings and labor turnover survey, that feel really familiar to you? It got talked about a lot this week. I've heard about job openings from time to time. So this survey, they call it the JOLTS survey. And the JOLTS doesn't, it's not one that I feel like is always talked about, but now you're going to start hearing a lot more of it because Janet Yellen says this is one of the items on her dashboard. She watches JOLTS to have an idea of another measure of the economy job openings and what labor turnover survey okay yeah and so they released this week right along with initial jobless claims and showed that job openings rate rose 3.1 percent um april was 2.9 and then that um there are four and a half million job openings in the month of april there were only 4.2 million in the month of march and the level of job openings today is the highest since september of 2007. wow at that point the unemployment rate was 4.7 percent does it shock you to know that these surveys say there's like record number of jobs available yet we still wrangle with unemployment um and wages yeah wages. we need to introduce the 2.56 million people receiving unemployment benefits to the 4.5 million jobs that are open will you remember <laughs> though when when the mortgage business got its good shake up in 07 and a lot of our friends lost their jobs some of which chose to stay on unemployment because the benefit was more than the wage they could go earn working at the bank or whatever well you see i'm sitting here on my couch and i'm earning 17 bucks an hour and so I got to make something better than that. They, if they have a the they have a teller job for me for fourteen bucks <laughs> right. an hour. But no, I'm making more here. Even if on it was couch. seventeen, why would I go and work? Put on a <laughs> collared <laughs> shirt. I mean, I'm here in my underwear. I got right. another Ren and Stimpy to go. I have another Mountain Dew to go. Those people, um, there's I and there's sadly there's a few of them and and i'm not going to stand here and try to make the argument that unemployment's too high um by and large i mean i've not had to to take unemployment personally but i think that when you're on unemployment it turns out to be a fraction of what you normally get and you're usually in a pretty good scramble to figure out how to make ends meet when you have that reduced level of pay. But yeah, you got two and a half million people on unemployment today. And we're hearing Yellen say that we got a problem with four and a half million jobs and growing. Um, maybe those aren't the head of household jobs. And perhaps the unemployment benefit exceeds the wage of those available jobs. Oh, what a position to be in. Um that's funny. Uh, you know, as long as you start out the show today talking about America, um, <laughs> for me, I was raised by one of the hardest working dudes I know. And it was like, it doesn't matter what it is you could possibly get. You get up, get some boots on and go find some work. Go Isn't work a job a good stepping stone to a better job? One would think because, you know, because you can be on your couch watching Ren and Stimpy in your underwear waiting for the phone to ring. Or you could go be uh, working that day knowing that it's just something um, very temporary. And perhaps you'll cross paths with the person that day who uh, has the introduction to the 
person with the job opening that fits your skill set? Well, it's just a very difficult question to answer in that interview. For what that have you been doing? Job. What have you been doing these last few months? Well, I analyzed that <laughs> <laughs> my pay was just well better on unemployment than it was uh, in one of these jobs. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Well, it's good to know that there's jobs out there. Jobless claims this week were expected um, to be flat and actually fell another 6,000 to 312,000 initial jobless claims. The, the four-week average of those claims, which is a little bit less volatile, kind of smooths out some of the bumps in that, um, declined to 311,750 jobs. This is, a, this is a highly acceptable number. Seeing this thing touch down to the 300,000 number tells us that we have less people losing jobs every week, less people showing up for that claim. Looks like um, maybe restoring employment to the economy i was gonna say that not just acceptable this is normal this is what you yeah. expect in a in a healthy economy this kind of job um weekly job uh, or unemployment claims so i think when you look at it when you zoom out a little this is we're not experiencing layoffs at a at a fast rate like we were before we're not we're not experiencing that now this is like the beginning of that cycle remember when um david Crichton from blakesley and blakesley is on we were talking about quality of jobs and he said well first you have to get to where you're not laying people off and then you get to where you're getting people just into jobs and then you start to improve the quality yeah, so there's this this because doesn't capitalism kind of take advantage of those first people willing to come forward? Sure. Hey, you all are out here looking. It's sort of an employer's market, so they can afford to pay you a little bit less. Once those seats are filled and you have to bring in some more skilled or promote the skilled for retention purposes, that's when you kind of see the return of wages. Yeah, that's I'm I bet that's what those four and a half million job openings are waiting for. They're just they're just waiting. We'll wait you guys out when you're ready to come work for this wage that we're offering. You can have this job. And then once there's a little more competition in that job market, then we'll start to raise wages and, and improve quality of pay. So I think this is great. This isn't I'm getting used to hearing a jobless claims number around 300,000. So that's good. I was just hoping on the fly that my google skills were good enough to just tell you what that peak number was when of jobless um, claims yeah when people were coming in what the what it was the the biggest now i think it got up to eight hundred thousand. i remember spending a significant amount of time around six hundred thousand claims a week yeah there was a peak uh, i i want to say it got up into eight and then it's as it started to work its way down, it spent a lot of time in the 600,000 and 500,000, and you know, it made its way on down. So we've come a long way. Come a long way. And you said it a second ago, but this is hitting normalcy. Um, I you, did look up yeah. jobless claims in 2005, 2006. 290,000 was basically pretty normal. Um, and you know, that kind of surprises me because at that point, the labor market was pretty robust and growing and wages were very high. So it would seem that if you were leaving a company, you would almost just go to another one where you'd probably get more pay uh, and not even bother with going in to file for the pittance of what was unemployment. 
So this does kind of just show us that that turnover in the market, that's kind of a normal thing. It's just, we're gonna see on average, probably 300,000 people a week um, come for first time jobless claims. Uh, so it's definitely moved in the right direction. There's really no question about that it. That must be that labor turnover part of the jolts. Correct. Yeah, so we are, we're going to hear a lot more about this um, for, because now Janet Yellen says this is on her dashboard. This is something that she's keeping track of. Um, kind of cool. Let's see here. Holy smokes, it's already 1029. Oh my gosh, and it's already June 21st. Today is the first day of summer. Is is it actually official? Today's the solstice, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the first day of summer, right? I believe so, yeah. Summer solstice. Sometimes it's the twenty second, sometimes the twenty first. Is it always the twenty first? I'll have to Google that and find out. I think it's the first day of summer. It's definitely the longest day of the and year. And you know, um I if you could dig out of your tracks over there, I think schools out for summer would be an appropriate one too, <laughs> because school's out, the kids are home. Um, I, in fact, last night laying down, my wife already said, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with all the kids home all day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what happens in summer. You can't wait for school to be out. And then all of a sudden your kids are in your hair for 24 hours a day. Maybe there's times. a summer program out there. There's a lot of them and you sign them up and then you chauffeur them around a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Yeah. And you're right. Yep. It is the first day of summer. Epic. Happy uh, first day of summer. Yeah. We made yeah. it. And, and to you, sir. Mm -hmm. All right. Is, uh, it fell officially at 6.51 a.m. this morning. Oh, wow. Eastern, Eastern I didn't know there was a time, time when yeah. summer started. <laughs> Eastern daylight time, so 3.51 our time. Oh. Well, it's got to be a, f a finite thing because you kind of got to you got to hop the line. It well, makes well, sense. It's not so Whoa, that was summer <laughs> right there. Hey guys, it's 1031. We're going to take our first commercial break here. Take some time out to thank the sponsor. We get back. We're going to be joined by Bruce Freeberg from Patterson Realty. We'll hear what he has to say about some things you care about. So stick with us. We'll bring it with you. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The city of Morro Bay has its patriotic arms open and waiting for you to join them once again this 4th of July for an Independence Day celebration that will be better than ever. All the festivities kick off at 10 a.m. with the Morro Bay Mile Skateboard Push Race on the Harbor Walk. And don't forget to decorate your bike for the 5th Annual Bike Parade at 1 p.m. from the Rock to Tidelines Park where the activities continue. It's a fun family day with live music, lawn games, and more. This year's music lineup includes the Dentures, Prestige, the Bobby Santa Cruz Band with the 805s, and Nashville recording artist Herrick. And of course, the star of every 4th of July is the fireworks, which blast off at 9 p.m. This is a 4th of July celebration that keeps bringing you back, and it's fun for the entire family. Brought to you by Todd Benzini's Dockside Restaurants, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. For a schedule of events, lodging options, and more, check out the website at morrobayforth.org. That's morrobayforth.org. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right, now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the center. 
Central Coast, Central Coast Blending. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The annual Morrow Bay Wine Cellar Wine Raffle is on, and you can win 50 bottles of premium wine valued at over $1,500, courtesy of Morrow Bay Wine Cellar. Tickets are only $50 each. All proceeds benefit the Morrow Bay 4th of July celebration. The raffle will be held on Saturday, July 5th at 2 p.m. at Morrow Bay Wine Cellar. Support the 4th of July and buy your raffle ticket today. For more info, call 772-8388 or visit morrowbaywinecellar.com. Presented by Morrow Bay 4th, Morrow Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Jim, I think you got to fast forward us up to the chorus. We're out of context here. That's the problem with this the, machine. Yeah. yeah there's no option on that one. You can't really. Here there we, we go. Whew, got it. All there right. It now it makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. It's 1036. Hopefully, you're getting ready to go do something enjoy some of the best weather in the world. Um, you know what? This could be the best weather in the galaxy. It's cold elsewhere, hard to breathe. <laughs> Lacking <laughs> oxygen. So we're joined in the studio now by Bruce Freeberg. He's a realtor extraordinaire. Um, I'm pretty excited to have you on here today. I don't, I don't know if you uh, know what's in store for you, but thanks for coming in. My pleasure to be here, but be careful what you wish for. No, oh, there we go. Hang on, you you were you were slightly offline. 
So uh, I, I want to first do the, the use. You know, we got to get acquainted here. So uh, where are you from? How long you been here? What makes you tick? You're like a tennis guy. You used to sell tennis balls or something. Yeah, all kinds of fun stuff like that. I actually moved to San Luis Obispo in 1973 to go to Poly. Uh, actually played baseball at Poly uh, long before Larry Lee took over and created a dynasty. But uh, found a way to stay here, did some other jobs, uh, owned a sporting goods store in town, went to work for Wilson Sporting Goods for a while, Brunswick Corporation for a while. And then finally, a good friend of mine, Tom Patterson, said, why don't you sell real estate and stop traveling all over the place? Yeah. And been doing that for the past seven years. Okay. Yeah, and you know, it's... I was thinking about this, and I didn't want to just say it. That's why I kind of made you confirm it. But I remember when I first started coming around Patterson Realty, you were just kind of getting going in it. And I remember um, thinking, all right, this dude's kind of in the same spot I'm in where it's like time to figure out how to really do this. It's what I've decided to do at the time is what you decided to do. And um, I've been... I've been impressed by you, man. You've had some really good success. And I was telling Dan earlier that my my news my news feed on Facebook is constantly um, just polluted with these photos of your open escrows and closed escrows, and it's always got these shoes kicked up in front of something. Uh, that's been a little fun thing. Uh, you know, I always said I'm tired of looking at realtors' faces on their business card, and so I. I put my feet up and we created a little <laughs> uh, catch line with that. Relax, let us do the work. And it's really caught on. I get photos from my clients now with uh, their feet up in front of their house <laughs> or we do it all, all together I've in seen front of their new house. Yeah. It's, it's gotten fun. And I've always said, if I'm not going to have fun doing something, I'm not going to do it. Real estate is, is serious business. We get business taken care of, but you can do it with a smile and you can do it with a laugh. And that's yeah. what we do. Well, and it seems to me that people must de definitely be responding because I, I don't know how many up and comers there are that um, have done what you've done in a, in a relatively short real estate career. But that's not surprising. You've had a career that's been based in sales and service and... Um, yeah, true. I had a lot of great training, first of all, running my store, and then second, working for Wilson Golf, uh, worked with some great people and sold to some clients like Costco, Walmart, uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, Sports Authority, you know, some of the places you may have heard of. And if you can negotiate with those guys, you can negotiate with anyone. Yeah. Huh. So today, tell me about business today. What's going on? I We were talking before you came in here. Dan and I may have a little bit of a skewed view because from our local mortgage company, things feel like it's not only alive and well, but potentially like really hammering on the accelerator. And then I see that Nash, nationally, that may not be the case. Real estate wise, I mean, we're a little tuned into what's going on here, but in the bigger national scale, maybe not so what's it look like from your chair well you know i was listening to you talking about the mortgage versus refi and all that kind of stuff and you know obviously i'm focused on buyers and sellers the one thing that always works for me is real estate is local and every transaction is unique uh, buyers have a different reason for buying whether it's a first-time home buyer a step-up buyer or somebody moving full-on into luxury or a second home sellers same thing you know whether it's uh, an unfortunate situation like a divorce or a lost job or they just want to, you know, move to a different house. But every situation is unique, and catering to that situation and working with people on an individual basis is what really helps. 
Yeah. That that's that's I think one of the I don't know that I would be in this business anymore if that wasn't the case, honestly. Um I always say loans are kind of like snowflakes. It's like, yeah, we've got we've got these loan programs, but nothing really ever is just just like the last one you did. There's no boilerplate. If they are, if by chance the husband works at CMC and the wife works at Cal Poly and they both have this W two and everything like that is the same then their personalities are radically different. And, you know, the wife's the kind of person that needs constant reassurance and the husband's the kind of person that needs to hand you his calculations and be justified that, yes, you you definitely are analyzing this better than anyone I've ever seen. Uh, so it's a, it's always a mix of if it's not the the paper about the people it's just the attitudes with the people and and getting it all together they're never the same no they're never the same and and that's what's fun and getting to know your clients a lot of my clients i've known in the past their friends or their referrals from friends and things like that but we, you really get to know people while you're working with them and everybody has their quirks i have my quirks okay and we get along we get things done we get it done in a timely fashion and at the end of it there's always stress Sure. There's stress in a loan process, too. Am I going to qualify? Are we going to do this? What's going to happen? Is someone going to change their mind? Yeah. I mean, and that happens. And, and it's navigating through all that what we call fun stuff to get the deal done that keeps people coming back and keeps people referring other clients to me, too. And so it's for me, it's been a great move for me. Plus, I don't have to fly 100,000 miles a year. Right. Yeah. For a while there, it seemed like the the local market was very competitive. Um, in fact, a couple of our friends this morning, I think you helped them find their home, Mike and Sam. Yep. Um, if I remember the story correctly, they made an offer on that house without even seeing it. That's true. Uh, we looked at some pictures from <laughs> What the a past. realtor. Anything else you want to tell us about how you do this gig, buddy? We can sell ice to Eskimos. But... You know, it, it's again, it was a certain situation. We found a house that we thought would be right for him. It was a competitive situation. So we got a good offer in. We worked with the listing agent to get their offer accepted. And, you know, we have a contingency period there where they can go in and say, holy cow, did I make a big mistake? But we had a really, we were 90% sure that was going to happen. And I think Mike and Sam are going to be real happy in that house, especially now that Rose is here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the big thing about that one, too, in general, I mean, I, I I love to rib you. You're a great guy to poke at, mainly because you don't get mad, but you poke back pretty well. Um, that was, I don't want to say total entry level, but for stick-built home in actual San Luis Obispo, kind of was, and there's not a whole lot of that. And so when that does happen, I would actually, I'd say it's kind of a feather in the cap that you guys were able to to get that thing more or less procured before they were even able to gain entry. Well, um, it took a, a, those don't a last strategy. Long. It yeah, took yeah. that strategy to get in there because they had swung and missed, I think, a few times. We were close on a couple others, but uh, this one just fit the bill. And, you know, you guys did a great job helping them through the loan process, getting them pre-approved, which was critical. And that allowed us to make a very strong offer to get the, do the job done. Is that what the buying environment is like today? Absolutely. I mean, look, we have a very competitive market. And one of the reasons it's competitive is because there's a lack of inventory. There's still a lack of inventory. And you have to be ready to move when the time comes. That involves being pre-qualified. That involves seeing the homes when they come on the market. and be it involves you know talking with your realtor on a very consistent basis and being available. Um, 
so a lot of it falls to the clients. You know, I do like to think I do my job on a timely basis every time, and we get these properties in front of them, but you got to be able to make a fairly quick decision quickly. Yeah. yeah. I can always tell a real estate client, by the way, that's not quite ready yet. And and it usually is defined by their, yeah, we're, we want to get pre-approved, but I don't really want to bring in the paperwork. Or it's like, yeah, there's a listing, and I, I asked my guy if maybe we could get in on Saturday. Like, yeah. you don't get it. If, if you get an auto notification this morning that there's a great house that might fit all of your criteria, you kind of have to, like punch out of work right now and hop in the car and go um it, it the people that are buying houses right now are the ones that actually really realize that and they are interested in being right up in that competition and winning well and it's a learning process and sometimes you have to lose a house or two yeah uh, for them to really get it right um everything is a learned process you know nobody jumps in and does it absolutely right the first time and so, you know, you work with the clients, you try to tell them, but it's that real world experience that is the best uh, learning process. Yeah. And then everything goes down the way it's supposed to. Sometimes. We, when we, before we bought our house, um, there was a house that we were like in love with. And I remember telling my mom, like, man, we just, we've moved in in our mind and I'm just going to be devastated if we don't win this. And we didn't. And I was so bummed. And then in retrospect, my house is so much better and I got a better deal on it. And I'm like, thank God I was like saved by that. So I think it, generally speaking, it, it, it shapes up the way it's supposed to. I agree with you. You know, and I'm in the process of selling a, a pretty high profile house right now. And that happened to my clients on the buying side. You know, we got a couple of delays on the sales of their house, which caused them to lose the house that they thought they loved. And now they're in escrow on the replacement house. We're going to close their house in a week uh, here in San Luis. And we're in, uh, they're in escrow on their replacement house up north, and they're ecstatic about it. Yeah. They love it even more. And, uh, you know, they couldn't be happier at this point. Yeah, it's a funny way that that works out sometimes. Yeah. So are you... Are you finding that you most enjoy working with buyers or sellers? Are you still trying to go up the middle and, and do both? You know, I work with clients, okay? My clients uh, buy and sell. They buy and sell commercial property. Uh, I, work, I work with the people, and then I work on their process. Selling commercial property or buying commercial property is actually easier because it's really just an equation. It works out or it doesn't. Yeah, it's a math It's thing. in the numbers. Exactly, and so there's not a lot of emotion involved right. in that. But I really focus on my clients. And whatever they need, I'll go and do for them. If they want to buy a piece of dirt, if they want to buy a luxury home, or if they want to sell a condominium, I work with them same way. Yeah. Well, that, that's great to be well-rounded like that. How much of that, like your confidence and ability to do that is, a, is related to your um, affiliation with Patterson? Well, you know, Patterson's a great environment. Uh, Wes Burke, the uh, broker, you know, he does a great job of educating, providing the services that we need. It's a great place to bounce ideas off other agents and brokers. Uh, it's a unique situation there, and we have a lot of fun with it, too. And Wes bounces ideas off of us. You know, so we have a great synergy there and it's a lot of fun i knew you were going to use synergy i <laughs> hated to do that but it just popped into my head and That's i certainly wasn't going to let you get away with it 
<laughs> I'll get you. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I do think Patterson's a really great company, and um, and Patterson's grown a lot too. I mean, you were one of the the first ons back then, and it, it has changed. I, I don't want to say change. It, there's been a, a lot of people come in, um, yet most of them seem to add a pretty good amount of value. Little different expertise in different fields, things that um, that input, you know. And I, I'm around for a little bit of it, but I just see um, it seems like a pretty dynamic group of people as far as a, a group of realtors go. There's a ton of experience, and there's a lot of young uh, driving people that are really catching on to the business. Uh, yeah, I know. thought real estate was just supposed to be like a second career, like what you do while you're waiting to die. And now all of a sudden I see these people in their 20s and 30s electing this as a profession. You know, it's actually a great profession, but I also say I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. You know, and it's a great fit if you like people, if you like talking with people, if you like problem solving. And that's I really like, what sales I, I is. I like crisis management, and that's <laughs> so that's really what I feel like I do for a living. I try to avoid crisis management. <laughs> but, you know, really, sales is problem solving. Yeah. And negotiating is problem solving. And sometimes when you get people that don't want to have that attitude, that can be a challenge. But there's ways to work around them, too. It's really understanding both sides. I always tell my buyers, think about think like a seller. Think how they're thinking for a minute as we put together the deal. And then the same thing on the seller side. Think about the buyer. What are they going to be looking for? What are they going to be wanting when they make an offer on your home? Mm -hmm. That's always a good a good skill to have is to to try to anticipate how you're going to be received and, and really how that other person wants to be received. Um, I, I was, I was curious, you came in here today. I, you're not set up with a MacBook and a, I don't even see your cell phone. Um, do you even do technology? How, how big of this is a, a role in your day-to-day -day gig? Come on. I'm not that old. <laughs> I left the computer at home. I text, I email, I'm on the computer every morning at 5 AM. You talked about auto, uh, shooting it out. You know, we all set up programs for our clients to automatically send out new listings and stuff, but I'm on my computer at 5 a.m. checking new listings. I see you listings, on there. And I'm manually sending them to my clients just to let them know, number one, that I'm looking out for them. But number two, if I see something that's hot, we want to get on it right away. Yeah. And it, it's just the way I am. I, I'm up at 5. I'm going to work. Uh, I have a very comfortable spot in my house. Got a cup of coffee, and let's go to work. And then by 8 a.m., you know, I'm into some of my marketing, which doesn't take a whole lot of time. And from there, we, you know, finish off the day. Yeah, with a tennis game or something, right? Well, you got to have fun. <laughs> Bruce is so technologically somewhere. proficient that he's got it all just happening in the background. He doesn't even need to be there. He doesn't need no. to have the computer out. It's just happening. <laughs> what I tell people is, if you text me, I will usually answer. If you call me, I will usually answer. Yeah. If not, you know how it is. If not, I'm going to call you back. I find sometimes um, I get... I. The texting thing needs to be brought up to speed for me because um, I'm sure you guys, I know Dan's at least this way, but like on my phone, I don't generally have little badges telling me there are things undone because when I see them, I do them. And mm -hmm. if I get a text, I'm like, oh, there's the red number one and I got to do it now. But every now and again, someone will text me at like 845 on a Sunday and I can't really answer them until Monday. But then the badge is gone on Monday and there's been a couple of occasions where I've like responded late, like at the very end of the day, Monday, you're like, oh crap, I meant to do that all day. And then you do it and go, nah, now they think I'm a flake because it took all day. 
So sometimes that the texting thing is a little bit tough, uh, but email and obviously phone, great ways to communicate. Um, you are good about that, though, in, in even just answering the phone to... Um, it's just a habit. Yeah. Okay. There's no reason not to answer the phone if, unless you're doing something critically important with your family or something like that. But uh, there's a fine line. I mean, you have to draw the line. Some I don't always answer the phone at eight o'clock at night. You know, sometimes I'm fast asleep. Give me a break. Yeah. But you know, it, it's a responsibility to get back to the client or or the customer as fast as possible with the pertinent information. Dan, you're already getting the idea here. This dude's just like, what you see is what you get. That's a he's a straight shooter. Um, I hear a lot of the um, a lot of the talk around too is just about how um, that for you could be your greatest strength and your greatest weakness. But in terms of business, people love it. The direct dealing, no nonsense. Call spade a spade. Let's get her done. You know, I'm too old to waste time. <laughs> Uh, you know, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I joke around a lot. I tease a lot. But, you know, when it's serious time, it's serious time. But, again, you can, you can smile and have fun while you're doing it. Yeah, my my best friend is um, works for a local company here, um, Lazine. Mm -hmm. You guys familiar with Lazine? Yeah. They're they're a pretty big deal. And they're, they're um, U.S. operations are headquartered here in San Luis. But, anyway, he's working over in Taiwan quite a bit. And, um he has a Taiwanese girlfriend, and then when she comes over, I'm like way too sarcastic and sense of humor far too dry. And it occurred to me the other day, like, oh my God, I'm kind of a spokesperson of sorts for the average American. And I just was horrified that she might think that I was somehow representative of everyone else. For me, kind of like you, um, Outside of business, you might not know what to expect to come out of my mouth. Um, usually going to be sarcastic, lots of joking around and stuff. When it comes down to business, I usually get pretty serious pretty quick. We still got to mix a little humor in there. Absolutely. And, you know, my wife tells me that I tease and joke sometimes too much. And yeah, I'm sure I do. But, you know, I'm getting to the point where I can actually read it sometimes when I get that quizzical look from a client going, are you serious here? You know, so it, it's just a way to break the ice. And then they yeah. get to know me and they know when I'm teasing. They know when it's serious time and when it's time to get the documents signed and get the contracts done and the inspections done and everything. We get after business. Well, and we've made a conscientious effort the same way as that. I don't like that the typical financing model has been the banker with the starched shirt and the tight tie and all of the posturing with the this guy's, you know, clearly in a social class above me and it sets this I'm not worthy thing right out of the gate. And so we kind of have gone the other route of let's not let's not be so stuffy and posturing, but just try to be a little bit more relatable. And you can certainly still assert yourself as the expert in these things and gain credibility with people while sort of being at a round table instead of being from the head of the table. And, and I really like that approach. You know, we're in San Luis Obispo. It's California, okay? We do business it's in business shorts casual. and sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and there, but there are times that you do dress the sure. role too. But it's really about the attitude with people. And when they get to know you, they don't care if you're wearing uh, you know, a tie or a T-shirt. It's really about getting the business done. You know, there's situations 
outside of real estate, when I was working for Wilson in Brunswick, you know, we wore ties to go see big five sporting goods. Now you, you talk about a dichotomy there. Yeah. You don't think of that, but that was the culture there. Our culture here is different. You know, if I was selling real estate in Los Angeles, I might be wearing a tie. If I was selling real estate in Beverly Hills, I'd certainly wear a tie. But that's not us, and that's certainly not me now. Well, you probably should if you're selling in Beverly Hills, then you're making a couple million bucks a year. You deserve to be uncomfortable in your dress attire at all times. I'd actually go the other way and probably be the <laughs> anti-Beverly Hills guy. We'd probably see you kicking your feet up in front of some Bel Air mansions there, too. It could happen. Yeah. Hey, we... Um, we're kind of heading into the the hour here, but before we do take this break, I mean, you're going to be with us for another half an hour, but um, I, I hope that you've piqued the interest of a few people that have uh, enjoyed your sort of refreshing outlook on these things. Um, what's a what's a good uh, an ideal client for you right now? Somebody that is prepared and ready to go. Uh, whether on the buying side or selling side. And, you know, if you're on the selling side, clearly, you know, there's some work to be done on your house probably before we list it. But, you know, happy to uh, advise on that. That's not a hard thing to do. On the buying side, it's like we talked about earlier. Do the preparation, you know, meet with your lender, get your finances in order and understand what's going to be needed. And then be ready to rock. Be ready to sign. Because once you jump in that ring, it's it's kind of a... It's kind of a ready, ready, ready. fight. <laughs> yeah. It's a ready go set. Kind yeah, of and thing. you know we have some people that are kind of backing out of it because it's that way. You know, sure. when it's this big of a fury, I don't want to get caught up and overpay. That happens all yeah. the time. Um, hey guys, we are heading into the commercial break here, and I just want to let you know um, the absence of phone calls this hour reminds me that we failed you in inviting you to call. It's an interactive show. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can give us a call here to the studio. It's 543-8830, 543-8830. Um, additionally, you can always send an email too. Uh, Dan and I both have our computers up. If you don't feel like being on the radio, but you have a question or comment that you'd like to be heard, go ahead and send us an email. It's uh, jason at centralcoastlending.com is my personal email. Um, and Dan's, um, his is a bit more cryptic. His is dan at centralcoastlending.com. You, you could save yourself two keystrokes by, I got a giggle out of Jim. Sometimes I feel sad for this guy. He's over there going, man, we've been doing this show for five years or something, and these two knuckleheads come in and ramble on about real estate and economics every week. 30 seconds. It's a good Jason, time, though. 30 seconds. <laughs> Um, and, and real quick, too, while uh, in case we lose anybody during this break, where can we get a hold of you? My email is just bfreeberg at gmail, and my number is 748-0161. All right, thank you. Hey, we're going to do the top of the hour break here. It's just a few minutes. Go grab a coffee, water the dog, do what you got to do. We'll be back in a minute for another hour of Mortgage Matters. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Let's do it. All right, all you wild things. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. If 
you're just joining us, welcome. You missed a great first hour. But this is the original slot of Mortgage Matters. Well, when we did the, the hour-long show, right, Dan? Right. Well, it started with just a little half hour. Wait, Do you remember that? Just a little half hour and just a little dream <laughs> all those years ago. I do remember that. Um, we were trying to take commercials and get guests and stuff because we were really afraid that a half an hour was far too long to make work. That was before we realized that you could talk so much. Right, exactly. And so um, it's, it's really come together. Just since... be quiet, Dan. Luckily, we discovered that secret. And right. now we can yeah. get the full two in. So we've got Bruce in here with us for another half an hour and um i started doing this thing a few weeks ago where i've been trying to remind myself that not everybody fully understands what we do and and that we actually do ourselves a discredit by not slowing down and explaining those little intricacies um dan touched on one earlier for you guys um i give you an example I am doing a loan right now with a gal that couldn't qualify and was told she couldn't by several lenders before she arrived at us as a listener of the show. I get that a lot, by the way. All you guys out there, listen to me. When you call me and say, I've been listening to your show for four years, and then so I went to Quicken, and then Quicken <laughs> turned me down, and so now I'm here with you, um, that doesn't make me feel good. Um, but anyway, this is what happened here. And... Um, we're able to get this gal qualified, and uh, we use a, a program where it only requires one year of tax returns for a self-employed borrower, and, and um, felt really good. So I need to tell that story some more because there's people that need to hear that. Um, you must have some successes, too, with people that you're working with, things that you've been able to accomplish and make happen i'm putting you on the spot i know and i now bruce is looking at me like you're such a jerk <laughs> there's that deer in the headlights look right but no but that story about um mike and sam and the house that they bought over here in slow is kind of that way um and one of the things i tell people when i'm giving out referrals or, or advising somebody about a real estate agent is um the network is pretty important um the the idea of those pocket listings or catching wind of something early working with somebody that has a, a an early schedule to see things coming up well you know networking is important uh you know i've been in town for 35 years but for a lot of those years people didn't really understand what i did because i was traveling so much but i was still meeting people and knowing people and, uh just yesterday i went and looked at a pocket listing for a very nice home in town you know over a million dollar home um, and I'm going to take a client through there uh, Monday or Tuesday when he gets back to town and, and it won't hit the multiple and, and those deals happen and they happen, uh, you get notified about those as you build a reputation of, of having good clients on the sure. buying side and on the selling side. I have sellers that you know are thinking about selling and so we're talking about it and I'm sharing it with a few other key agents that might have a buyer and, and that's the biggest part of the network. You, you know, when you're selling a home, though, you want to give it the broadest possible exposure. And you get that by putting it on the multiple listing service. You still run into some people, though, that are deathly afraid of publicity. They want their privacy. And they, they really don't understand fully how the real estate business works. And, and that actually hurts them as a seller more often than not. Um, but it happens. And so you have to be prepared to deal with that, too. Yeah. 
the term pocket listing came up, and I don't know that everyone knows what that is. I was hoping you could just elaborate on that a little bit, maybe talk about pros and cons of... Well, the biggest, you know, a, po a pocket listing is somebody that wants to sell their home, but they don't want to put it on the multiple listing. But when you put a home on the multiple listing service, you're exposing it to literally thousands of realtors. And the way I explain it to my sellers is, look, we don't know that it might be some agent that sells one home a year from Oceano that might have the perfect client to buy your home and pay top dollar. If it's a pocket listing and it's only with the people that I network that I'm sharing that with, we may never see that buyer. And so, you know, the way the multiple listing is set up and the way agents are trained and, and our fiduciary responsibilities, you're going to get the best buyer by exposing it to the most people. Yeah. That's just a fact. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I do hear about deals, though, where um, in, in this obviously isn't directed at Patterson, but... I hear about deals where a real estate agent knows that they've got a listing coming and they intend to put it on the multiple listing service on Tuesday or whatever, um, but they've been prepping it, working with the seller, they've been through the whole thing and they know that they're going to put this Laurel Lane condo on for three twenty nine, and then they go and some other agent in the office goes, oh, wait, what? Did you just say you have a condo on Laurel? I'm looking for one. And they say, what are you going to list at? And say, well, we, we're going to come out at three twenty nine. So my client is willing to pay you three twenty nine, And then the deal is just commenced there before it, it had every intention of going, but it just falls short. And sometimes as a as like an onlooker or maybe even a potential seller, I'm like, do you, I get that you like, you got it all together, but what if somebody out there was willing to pay 340 or 345, that was all cash or something. And you just, you cut yourself off at the knees because you elected to just sideline before that happened. Okay. But what is it worth to you as a seller not to have to go through the hassle? And it is a hassle to have your home open, yeah. to show a bunch of people. There's a, there's a price for that. There's a cost of that. And if you're getting the price that you're happy with and you're ready to go and you don't have to put it out on the multiple, if you don't have to do the broker's tour, if you don't have to go through that, I mean, it is a process and it, it is relatively sure. uh, a hassle. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say painful, but, you know, you have to keep the house cleaned up relative, you know, keep the dog put away, those types of things. What is that worth to you? If you get the 329 that you wanted and you don't have to go through that, sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe as a seller, I might not love that. And so maybe for me, we would say, hey, this guy is ready to be full pop. And I might say, I actually am going to feel most comfortable if we do endure the process of going on MLS so that I can have a confidence that I'm taking the right deal. When we bought our house, too, they, um, they did a funny thing where... I made my offer and the seller before responding to me went into the MLS and dropped the price by $10,000 like just as an immediate effort to say anybody else out there want to come forward we've cut the price and I think their thought was somebody would then make that lower offer and say well you should know that there is another offer and that's why we did this or something and I was like look at you just lurking around trying to get somebody to snake my deal um, it didn't prove to work but right. um but there, yeah. there are games played no, yeah. no question about it and and myself personally as a seller i would want my house on the multiple you would i would definitely want it on the multiple i want it exposed to as many potential buyers as possible because you always 
I mean, even up to $2 million homes and probably beyond, you have the possibility of multiple offers. Mm -hmm. uh, that's happened to me, you know, three times already this year on very expensive homes. And so why take that uh, capability out of your uh, bag of tricks, so sure. to speak? Expose well, it. When eBay first came along, I loved eBay. I, I think I was one of the first members of eBay, and somebody from Timbuktu would list something that I wanted or just knew was a smoking deal, and I loved that I could buy it. And then it got popular, and then suddenly I'm bidding against 50 other people in the last two minutes of the deal. I gave it up. Everything ends up overpaid for, and it was a it was a function of you know one person watching a listing like this probably going to get a pretty good deal. Mm -hmm. Two people watching it, now we're mixing in who really wants it, and now we've added the element of competition, too. Yep. Nobody likes to lose. So wow. I'll take two people now. Hey, now we're talking some real proceeds for the seller. Three people, five people, nine people, a few hundred people. That's the more the merrier. I, I would I would always want my stuff that way. Absolutely. I mean, I, it just seems like the right way to do it. This idea of multiple offers and less than 30 day listing times, is that how real estate's going to be for, you know, going forward? I, I don't think that's normal, but I don't know that we've been in a normal real estate market for a decade or more. Well, we haven't been in a normal economy. We're not in a normal real estate market either. Um, we have a shortage of inventory. And so at the 300000 up to the $2 million and $3 million, uh, there's a shortage of sellable property. And that's going to drive competition because there's a number of people looking for that. It's, it's not the norm still, um, but what is normal anymore? You know, when you have so few properties out there, the flip side of it is, you know, that sellers keep hearing it's a seller's market. And the real challenge when you're listing a home is to keep the sellers from overvaluing their property. Okay, I understand that that house right next door that's just like mine, you know, sold for five fifty, but mine, you know, the breeze hits it a little differently, and so <laughs> mine's worth five ninety five. That's going to hurt you, okay? And so then your house is going to sit there, and still days on market counts, okay? When you see a house in San Luis, especially, that is on the market for twenty one to thirty days without an offer, without going into escrow. You can pretty much guess it's a little overpriced, or start, something else, is or wrong. something's wrong with Potential it. Potential buyers start to think, "What's wrong with this?" Like one of those Absolutely. ones you walk into and you go, oh, it "Smells in here." We, <laughs> this is going to take twenty thousand dollars to get this odor out of here with new carpet and paint and whatever pet dander that is. Absolutely, P buyers will pay a premium today, but they're not going to overpay. Okay, and there's a difference between paying a premium and overpaying. And so it's a dead giveaway. When your house is out there for 30 days, it's probably overpriced. Yeah. Well, and I kind of, with your question, I feel like um, I'm not sure that there's much of an end in sight to this. Uh, there's not a lot of homes for sale. Um, we talk about this. We kind of come back to this from time to time. But don't rule out all of these people that have like a 3% 30-year fixed and aren't really going to sell for much. I mean, they there's not a compelling reason for them to sell. They've got an unbelievable loan that they can't get today. So they're a section of the market that's just off. They're not they're not going to participate. Then you've got um and I think this is a problem that we've actually never had in a real estate cycle before. Um if you look at interest rates from like Reagan, Carter, 
to today, um, our predecessors in the loan business are retired off of bringing people's refi from 16 to 14 to 12 to 10 to 8 to 6 mm -hmm. to 4, and now they retired. Um, so a lot of those people are off the market and never going to come back, or maybe not never, but it's not the numbers it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing is absence of construction, okay? And then after that, I just got to bring up that um, we live in paradise. And if you don't think so, go hang out for two hours today in Florida and then come on back. You'd be willing to pay more to be here. Um, this is the case with most of the country. So the desirability of this place only increases. And, you know, I was I was talking with a friend of mine last week that's pushing 40 now and doesn't own a home. And he said... I can feel it in the air again, this idea that if you don't do it today, you're never going to be able to do it because it just keeps getting farther out of reach. And um, so I, I feel like in San Luis Obispo proper, this might be how it goes for the next six, eight, ten years of an entry-level home comes up for sale. Yep, it's worth more than it was last year. And if you want one, line up with those people over there that want it too and see who's most prepared to give the premium for it overpaying hard to argue paying a premium you betcha yeah you definitely have to you know with the publicity we've been getting from oprah and all you know national geographic surveys and all this kind of stuff we are an island okay we're a unique place we're unique in our county even you know and so people want to move here they just don't understand what it takes sometimes because as you said we we've created a green belt around the city there's one serious new development in town that's being built now over the last 20 years. Yep. Okay, This is the only one that's happened. There's really no more on the drawing boards. So this inventory is what we have. Yeah. And so, like you said, if you want one, get in line and get ready. Yeah, get your ducks in a row and get one. Yep. Otherwise, it's going to pass you by. Hey, guys, if you want to call in and ask a question or share a comment, do so. The number is 543-8830. Didn't you tell at least, like, your your wife and stuff that you're going to be on the radio and she could call and pretend to, like, have a relevant question for you? She threatened to, and I told her, don't. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I'll we, recognize your voice. We always talked about planting calls early on in the show. You know, some days people got good questions and they call in to, to ask them. Some days they just don't. Um, any... Any uh, idea, Bruce, of um, opportunities or even maybe places to avoid around the county based on things going on? You know, most of the county uh, is still experiencing growth in the median home price and stuff like that. There's pockets that are stagnant, uh, but, you know, they're going to come around. I think a big part of the reason some of these places are stagnant is the homes that are coming on the market may be lower priced than the ones that came on the market last year. I think in general, and for the statistics show this, that we're in about a 4 to 7% growth rate uh, on values of homes being sold. And I think that's going to continue. That's a good sustainable number. When yeah. you're doing 11 and 12 and 18% year on year, that's not sustainable. And that's going to create that bubble that we dread. You know, Dan always does a good job of reminding me of this. But the median home value, if it if in your area, mine's a Tascadero, and if it goes up in the last 12 months by 9%, you don't just take your home value and add 9% to it. That's what it is. Or it's been going up average of seven a year, and I've been there for four years, so I'm worth 28% more. I bought it for 400 today. It's worth 500000 
flawed logic here. The median home value typically in what we see is a property um, in, in this time of the market over that last year, the entry level stuff was flying off the shelves. It's all gone now. And a lot of the mid-level homes are, those are the ones that now that's where a lot of the good action is. And so then you see a bunch more sales instead of being all at 289, a lot of these homes are selling for 400. And then you say, hey, well look, the median home value just went up by 30% in Tascadero. Um, that doesn't mean that everybody's house went up by 30%. It means a different, different segment of the market is selling and now those stats, but see, it's tricky though, because even in our profession, NAR, CAR, these different people, they put these headlines out want to make you believe that, hey, congratulations, you picked up 30% equity in your home this year. No, or they wanna scare you that uh, if you didn't buy last year, you should hurry up and come forward because they're going up by 12% a year now. Well, statistics, you know, you can make statistics say pretty much anything you want. And sure. that's why it's more, it's very important to understand the data set and what they're looking at and understand a few other things. Real estate is local, period. And I'll say it again, it's local. It's about what's happening here in my neighborhood, in my section of town, in my, you know, size of home, everything else. National statistics are nice, but they can be manipulated so off the charts, okay? Yeah. In my old uh, professions, working with Wilson Golf and, and doing presentations, getting ready to go talk to Walmart, you gotta present you know, the statistics of the industry and everything else, but you gotta be very careful about what you're showing because their client is not every client. Yeah. You know? And so you have to understand that. Statistics are just numbers that can be manipulated. Be careful with those, okay? It's more important to look at specifics. Okay, if you're looking at a particular type of home, a particular size of home, a particular neighborhood, you, you have to look at those statistics, not regional or national. Yeah, don't you find that the, um, the average buyer starts out with some expectation, but a little bit naive, and then they begin that education process where they they see the auto search and then by the end of the deal like because they you still watch as a buyer you even when you're in escrow you still oh yeah that was that one that was next to that weird auto body shop or whatever and you kind of still watch and then you see things getting reduced or mm -hmm. pending and you know by the end of it you're kind of are an expert for that just little snapshot of time about what a three-bedroom home in your market is worth. And, and that's, that's what I want to create. Yeah. Okay. I want them participating in the search. I want them understanding that they got a great deal on the home that they're in escrow on or that they just closed on. And don't be comparing apples to oranges. Right. Okay. That's the biggest thing. We get too many people now because the information is all out there and it can be manipulated. And you want to, you don't want people to think they're an expert when they're comparing national stats to our stats and things like that, because every situation is unique. And you really need to understand the uniqueness. Even in San Luis Obispo, a home in Laguna Lake is gonna be different than a home uh, in the Arbors. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be you totally bet. different. It's gonna be different than a home over on Foothill because of the student situation and everything else. So you gotta understand those dynamics. Yeah. Well, and I think like in the end, I was like, you know, and I, I pay closer attention to stuff like what I do for a living. But by the end of it, I, it was fun for me to go through the process as a as a client kind of consumer. Um, but you definitely say, oh, yeah, that 
That's a house that's been listed for 150 days and they're crazy. It's not going to sell for these reasons. Or, um, you know, sometimes one comes on and you recognize it immediately. Oh, that's a smoking deal. That thing's going to be gone in two days. And you really begin to realize that the inventory, once you hone in on it, is really finite. And, and you whether or not it suits your needs and you go through all that stuff. But um, it's kind of it's kind of easy to figure it out. And then by the end of it, I think for that little period, you really do know what's going on. Well, it's real easy to figure out when you're done. Oh, yeah. Okay. And In luckily, uh, you had a good agent, okay, that walked you through it. You understand it a little better than a lot of people do. The problem is there's so much information out there, a lot of people think they know it. Right. Okay, and that's the hard part to uneducate them to, and then to educate them. We deal with this in the loan business because these guys will go look up guidelines that are like hanging from some company that failed in 2007 that's like offering uh, advice on Alte lending or something. And these people tell me, well, I know, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, hang on, time out. You're well, you mentioned earlier Quicken Loans. Yeah. Okay, one of the toughest deals I did this year was when my buyer had used Quicken Loans. Ooh. And it was a challenge because they're out of the area. They don't understand everything we have to do. They don't understand all our disclosure processes. And it was a challenge. We got it done for him. And he understands now and he won't go back. How's yeah. that for an anti-commercial? Yeah. Well, and w typically what ends up happening at Quicken, though, is that because of their um, huge name and it, it, the marketing money is just wild. Uh, they don't have people on reputation that are going out and earning business. What they have then is usually lower caliber people answering phones that have some idea of what actually the parameters are, um, but they don't really know how to recognize it quick. And when I say recognize it quick, I mean, when somebody sits down with you with their paperwork sprawled out, you should be able to say, yeah, this is all good. That's going to be a problem. We need to put the lipstick on the pig here and get it all ready. These guys more or less just go, you know, thanks for calling quick and you betcha sign right here. This is the deal. And then they give it to an underwriter that comes back and yanks their chain pretty hard. Hopefully you can salvage it once that's happened. But um, that the quicken thing is always like somebody just feels like, well, as big as they are, how can it be wrong? And they've got this this great, you know, 99% satisfaction rating. And that always baffles me because every time somebody um, shows up in my office that recently dealt with Quicken or Lending Tree or something is like at their wits end. I think um, the real stat you want to see from somebody like that is the repeat customer stat. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. That's fun. I, I do love our online competitors. Um, I was telling Dan this week, we were an online lender this week though. Uh, I got a guy that works for a real estate company up North was Googling a problem that he was having and found a blog that central coast lending had posted about and suddenly is in escrow working with a company out of area to him from the internet and um, and I'm his loan officer. And it's kind of fascinating to me. And I, I reminded myself to like slow down and take care with this guy, uh, maybe even a little bit more than I would do with somebody that was face to face with me because 
we have this sort of anonymity of being a bizarro internet lender and can we actually deliver on the the promises that we make but really it's just re-emphasizing the way you and i both do business and dan you know i say you dan and you but we do it by referral we do it by taking care of our clients and i flat tell them i said okay look when we're done doing your deal i need you to send me two more clients because i'm done yeah okay we're going to remain friends i'm always an advisor for you but you know i work by referral and i get the referrals by doing a good job yeah and it's the same with you guys yeah definitely hey well i would say it here or in any forum i i really believe that you are great at what you do and um anybody that chose to work with you would be making a great decision to do that um why don't you go ahead and give your contact info again today uh how can somebody get a hold of you if they're ready to buy or ready to sell uh, my name is Bruce Freeberg. I'm at Patterson Realty. You can always reach us there at 544-8662. My direct line is 748-0161. Text me there, or you can email me at bfreeberg, and that's F-R-E-E-B-E-R-G at gmail.com. If you're sitting on a beach or walking on a trail, maybe you're in your car and you couldn't write that down, um, you can always reach out to us. We know how to get a hold of Bruce and uh, his little team. We didn't even talk about that, but you got like a team now. You got like transaction coordinator and got to do it. It's a it's a little machine. You guys are efficient machine. Uh, you know, I have a great transaction coordinator in Keisha. Uh, she does a fantastic job. I'm also working with uh, Casey Brown who's uh, just happens to be my stepdaughter, but she's very conscientious, very organized. She's a young mother, but she does work very well. And, you know, we bring in other people as we need them too. Nice. Hey, thank you for coming in today. Uh, appreciate you taking time out on a Saturday. Um, I, I realize that it's probably doesn't sound amazing to get to take the chair at Mortgage Matters for the hour, but uh, appreciate it. And hopefully somebody out there likes what they heard and do business with you. Um, that kind of is the driving thing about why we're doing what we do. Hey, so, if, you, if you want to put your feet up with me, feel free. Yeah, put <laughs> your feet up and let Bruce do the work. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, uh, We're going to go ahead and do commercial break here, and we'll be back. Got another half an hour to go. Thanks for being with us. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. The annual Morrow Bay Wine Cellar Wine Raffle is on, and you can win 50 bottles of premium wine valued at over $1,500, courtesy of Morrow Bay Wine Cellar. Tickets are only $50 each. All proceeds benefit the Morro Bay 4th of July celebration. The raffle will be held on Saturday, July 5th at 2 p.m. at Morro Bay Wine Cellar. Support the 4th of July and buy your raffle ticket today. For more info, call 772-8388 or visit morrobaywinecellar.com. Presented by Morro Bay 4th, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The City of Morro Bay has its patriotic arms open and waiting for you to join them once again this 4th of July for an Independence Day celebration that will be better than ever. All the festivities kick off at 10 a.m. with the Morro Bay Mile Skateboard Push Race on the Harbor Walk. And don't forget to decorate your bike for the 5th Annual Bike Parade at 1 p.m. from the Rock to Tidelines Park where the activities continue. It's a fun family day with live music, long games, and more. This year's music lineup includes the Dentures, Prestige, the Bobby Santa Cruz Band with the 805s, and Nashville recording artist Herrick. And of course, the star of every 4th of July is the fireworks, which blast off at 9 p.m. This is a 4th of July celebration that keeps bringing you back, and it's fun for the entire family. Brought to you by Todd Gonzini's Dockside Restaurants, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. For a schedule of events, lodging options, and more, check out the website at morrobayforth.org. That's morrobayforth.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Oh, beautiful spacious skies Far amber waves of rain Far purple mountain majesties Alright guys, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Thanks so much for being with us. We don't have that much time left. We did the. I did it wrong. I know we we usually we're the new goal is to just have the guest for the second hour, but I I donated us again. I did the donut in the middle. That's all right. That was cool though. I like having Bruce in here. It's funny the different realtors that come through too. About um, you can kind of get a sense of how they do business just based on how they show up here and kind of what the deal is. And that dude's just comfortable in his skin. You just, and you know it. Yeah. And, and everyone who's come in, there's different, they have different personalities. I mean, 
I mean, they're people. Right. And, and that's what, when as a buyer or seller, when you're going out to figure out which realtor you want to work with, that's a big part of it is how well do you work with this person and their personality? Yeah. Um, so, you know, everyone appeals to different folks and Bruce definitely has a, has a great style to him Yeah, and it appeals to a lot of people there. I know, well, maybe I'll put my thought on hold here for a moment cause we've got a caller. We've got Dave, who's going to join us from Los Osos. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I've got a quick question, and I'll also, also a shout out for one of my companies I've been dealing with. Uh, um, I live in Los Osos, been there about 33 years. Had our house appraised at $547,000 about a month ago. Not ready to sell yet, but down the road, is there a rule of thumb? Not, probably not, but when you have an appraisal at 547, set your price. $10,000 less, $20,000 less, or is there any kind of rule of thumb on that? I'm just curious. You know, I, I want to say no. There's really okay. not. And and let me tell you this, though, as a just one dude to another, uh, an appraisal in a market like ours is almost always going to be less than what you're actually going to fetch. So, oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I want to first step back by saying – Really, what I would do if I was in your spot would be to interview a few listing agents and go through their process of how they value your home. Um, Absolutely. They, there's different ways that it's done. And, you know, sometimes just an individual that prepares a, a comparative market analysis and right. they'll come up with a range and kind of work with you on what your needs and expectations are. Then there are some that use a panel of folks that will like analyze it and, and use all this, um, you know, custom market knowledge to tell right. you if they were writing an offer, what they would advise their client highest and best right. be. But in my experience, um, people, and, and this happens, some, by the way, someone will come in for a refinance and say, Hey, right. let's do a refi. And we order an appraisal and the appraisal comes in at four ninety, and they go, that's crazy. If I was to sell this house, my realtor tells me that I could sell it for five fifteen. and I say, see. yeah, okay. And then Maybe they do, and then right. the house sells for five twenty, and they're like, "See," and they go, "Yeah, but see, when the appraiser's working, he can only take and look at the existing closed sales that are comparable in the existing listings, and and try to fit that shoe into this. But when you go out on the market, you're getting what the what a willing and able buyer is prepared okay. to pay for you, and that can be more than what the numbers justified by a grid. I was going to say that how you procured that appraisal matters too. Did you get that appraisal for a refinance transaction or did you get that appraisal on your own free will where you went out and hired an appraiser? There's different the when it's a refinance when an appraisal is part of a refinance transaction there's more stringent criteria imposed by the lender um, for that appraiser to follow whereas when they're doing something for a different purpose they're not held to the same standards so they might use more of their opinion versus what the bank is requiring them to to use as far as comparables and things like that go well, I appreciate that. I, I had mine for a refi, and and, uh, and I, I appreciate that. I also want to put a shout-out to uh, locally, uh, use local people. I currently have been to using uh, Pacific Capital Mortgage in Los Osos. And uh, shout-out to them, and I concur with Quicken Loans. I went through the process with them for a while, and it was uh, a paperwork nightmare with more people that didn't know what they were talking about. 
then you can shake a stick at it. So yeah. I totally concur with you on, on, on Quicken Loans. Cool. Thanks, Dave. You're more than welcome. Take care. Take it easy. I, by the way, want to go on record to say I love those girls in Osos. Um, Erica and Kathy, they're amazing. We keep trying to get them to join our company because they're still just in the broker model and we're brokering and banking and we're trying to show them uh, the power of uh, joining up with another like-minded local company that maybe has a couple more tricks in the bag. Uh, but it's a tough sell. That's an established business, and those gals run an efficient little shop. I, I love them too. Um, but yeah, maybe Dave, you could plant the seed by saying, "Hey, you guys might go join uh, Central Coast Lending. They're doing some good stuff." Before um, we took that call, I was. Oh, I, I wanted to add one more thing though. Yeah. Before you do it, real quick. Okay. There are some terrible appraisers in our county. There are some unbelievable appraisers, and you wouldn't be shocked to find out there are some middle-of-the-road appraisers that just do an okay job. Uh, which so one did you get? The purpose of the appraisal, who did the appraisal, the time frame of the appraisal. Were they super busy when they got the order or and, in appraisal, and spend much time? In appraisal class, they'll teach you that an appraisal is only good for the day that it was done. Yeah. Um, comparable the person change. it was done for. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, if it sounded like Dave wasn't ready to transact for a while, that appraisal is going to be irrelevant. In lending, in the lending world, an appraisal is only good for 90 days. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, but it's, it's a piece of information. One, one of many bits of information you can use to value your home. Yeah. Um, when Bruce was on, we were talking about being prepared in a market like this in our community where it's a desirable area to live where the you know the entry level and even the mid-level homes go fast when they're priced right um, a call from a client this week the question came up and it's come up recently so i you know want to share some of these trends that i i hear in the office um here during the week is what's the difference between being pre-qualified and being pre-approved. And sometimes I think, well, it's just a difference in terminology. It's really the same thing. But then I started to think more about it. There is a difference between being pre-qualified and pre-approved. Being pre-qualified is the first step in the process. It's sure. filling out that loan application and us telling you, well, based on what you put here on the app, you look pretty good. You're, you're pre-qualified. Being pre-approved is taking it that next step and getting serious. You're providing your tax returns, your pay stubs, your W-2s, your bank statements. And we're actually getting that information in front of an underwriter and getting you literally approved for your loan so that you can go out and make a very strong offer where you're not um, having a, a condition for financing contingency. You can make a shorter, you know, a 17-day close type of offer. I'll give you a good example of this, too. Um, I'm working with a client right now that uh, filled out the loan application on the website to get pre-qualified. And at first glance, you kind of take it at face value. It says she makes... 4800 bucks a month in base pay and $700 a month in overtime and $500 a month in bonus. Okay. Look at the, all of the bills and stuff. The debt to income ratio is like 38%. So that's good enough. You're, that, you're qualified. Um, 
Let's take it a step further, though, and, and pre-approve you. Let me get your pay stub. Uh, I need to do this because she is an accountant, and overtime and bonuses happen quite a bit in the pay stubs I'm looking at for April and May. Um, but then I get that and realize that um, there isn't a history of the overtime and the bonus income is questionable because nor does it have a two-year history. And there's underwriting requirements of documenting a two-year history and a likelihood of continuance of these non-base pay type of compensation plans. Um, as I exclude some of the overtime and exclude the bonus income, debt to income ratio goes over 45%. All right, so then I get into husband's gig. He's got uh, some disability. Um, she said the disability is $1,381 a month on the application. I said, okay, let me see the actual tax returns. Well, it turns out that his disability pay is non-taxable. I can gross that up by 125%. So suddenly that 1281 becomes 1600 bucks. I plug that back in, my debt to income ratio is back under 40. This is the kind of thing then where I can tell my client, hey, we've already run a lap down the track here. I know how the pay stub shakes up. We figured out the overtime. We got rid of the bonus. We grossed up the disability. We've collected 1099s. I'm holding W-2s. When we go tell the realtors today now where you are in your financing, that's a lot more dependable than we had a phone call and based on what we said, we were qualified or whatever. Pre-approval, and, and you, you alluded to this, Dan. In fact, you really just said it, but I want to reiterate it, is when you've done that, that's when you're in the stables ready to gun. You are... It's go time. That's all the work's been laid out. You're not going to write an offer and then a week later find out that there's a problem with the debt to income ratio or that the credit score was insufficient or suddenly the amount of money you needed for the down payment or reserves is changing. Those kinds of things have been eliminated. And so um, those people truly can write an offer without a loan contingency. They just need an appraisal contingency in their offer because that's the one part we haven't got to see yet is who's the appraiser? Did they do it on a good day? Did they do a thorough job? Did they use the right comps? Is it appraised for the sales price? Does it reveal any damage or dry rot? Is there an unpermitted addition or discrepancies between county record square footage as the actual measurement of the building square footage? We need that out still to navigate that piece of it, but that's it. We already made our way through the financing part of it completely. Um, that when a seller, somebody like Bruce is sitting down with his seller saying, hey, we got three offers. And this one is somebody that's pre-qualified. These guys, and they're looking for a 17-day loan contingency. These guys over here are fully pre-approved, require no loan contingency, and have only an appraisal contingency, which they'll lift in the 17 days or whatever. Um, what's that worth? Uh, the the pre-approved person might that's even as good win as a with cash a lower offer, bid. Right? That's right? As, that's as good as a cash offer yeah. when you're pre-approved. So that's um that's something that we really do encourage people to do. And um, by the way, that's also the mark of a great realtor. When a realtor says, um, you know, they qualify you and your interest and your kind of measure your motivation level for how serious you are about buying. 
Um, one of the best gauges of that is how how uh, qualified are you and, and do we know this to be true? Um, uh, most real estate agents that are worth their salt um, aren't going to put you in your car, in, in their car, and drive you around to open houses without uh, knowing that you've been pre-qualified or, or better yet, pre-approved. So it's a great start point. We need to do a final commercial break here for the show uh, the, these are paying sponsors that help make the show possible. So we're going to go ahead and take this pause for them. We'll be back in a minute to wrap up Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The City of Morro Bay has its patriotic arms open and waiting for you to join them once again this 4th of July for an Independence Day celebration that will be better than ever. All the festivities kick off at 10 a.m. with the Morro Bay Mile Skateboard Push Race on the Harbor Walk. And don't forget to decorate your bike for the 5th Annual Bike Parade at 1 p.m. from the Rock to Tidelines Park where the activities continue. It's a fun family day with live music, lawn games, and more. This year's music lineup includes the Dentures, Prestige, the Bobby Santa Cruz Band with the 805s, and Nashville recording artist Herrick. And of course, the star of every 4th of July is the fireworks, which blast off at 9 p.m. This is a 4th of July celebration that keeps bringing you back, and it's fun for the entire family. Brought to you by Todd Gonzini's Dockside Restaurants, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. For a schedule of events, lodging options, and more, check out the website at morrobayforth.org. That's morrobayforth.org. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. The annual Morro Bay Wine Cellar Wine Raffle is on, and you can win 50 bottles of premium wine valued at over $1,500, courtesy of Morro Bay Wine Cellar. 
Tickets are only $50 each. All proceeds benefit the Morro Bay 4th of July celebration. The raffle will be held on Saturday, July 5th at 2 p.m. at Morro Bay Wine Cellar. Support the 4th of July and buy your raffle ticket today. For more info, call 772-8388 or visit morrobaywinecellar.com. Presented by Morro Bay 4th, Morro Bay Wine Cellar, and this radio station. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. There's just a short period to go. I think I think what we'll do is just, uh, you know, maybe run through the list a little bit. I think some of the people that listen do like to kind of get caught up on some of those little uh, dealios about the economy that are announced every week. Um, let's see how to put this in order. Um Industrial production and capacity utilization. Dude, what a snore. Those are improved. That's all we need to say about that. Um, not usually a market-moving thing. Um, in, in, this, in the same time this week, we found out that the Empire State Manufacturing Survey improved significantly for the second consecutive month. That's pointing to some good growth ahead. Um, we also learned this week that the consumer price index took a, a, a decent little climb of 0.3% for May. Um, that's the biggest increase that we've had yet in 2014. Um, this really shows that uh, the year-over-year -year rate of consumer inflation, so that at the actual consumer level, is right on track for the 2% target that the feds have been hoping for. Um, so that's really good news. When you look a little bit farther into it, the uh, the climbs in uh, airfare, energy, and prescription drugs were the, <laughs> the leaders of that extra consumer spending. So read into that what you will. Uh, we also got a little read this month about home builder confidence. And this is something that everybody's paying close attention to. Um, home builder confidence came in at 49 uh, from grade school. I was taught that that's an F plus. Um, that's the first gain in that index since December. And they say that in the, in terms of the confidence there, a number over 50 represents good confidence um, with a, a positive outlook going forward below that not so great but this is a a little four pointer uptick in that number showing that builders are sort of preparing themselves for optimism of some good news there in my school a 59 was an f plus a 49 was a g plus you are right about that sir yeah. i never got those so i was like <laughs> i i'm well aware that like you know 99s and a plus and beyond yeah. that you guys sort your stuff out <laughs> That couldn't be farther from the truth, dude. I I wasn't the 4.0 uh, model <laughs> student. The other uh, little piece this week is uh, building um, housing starts. 
housing starts fell by six and a half percent. That number really shouldn't freak anybody out because um, the housing starts are manipulated by some pretty volatile numbers. Um, it's big tracks pulling a lot of permits at one time um, and then actually going on to break ground or not. Um, it, it also is including um, multifamily sector of housing has been pretty volatile. The big apartment building and condo complexes, those kinds of things can really drive these numbers one way or another. Um, so that being said, uh, single family housing starts, which is kind of where I feel like the most importance is owed. Um, that shows that we, we those starts fell by 5.9%. Um, so all in all, not great numbers on the housing starts, but I don't think that's something to be concerned about. Well, like you said, one big project can really skew that. And over the last 12 months, housing starts are up 9, 9.5%. So as long as we keep working in the right direction That'll, there. That kind of smooths it out when you look Last at it over Last month, the multifamily period. was really, really talked about. It had like a 30% gain in the multifamily. Those like uh, big apartment complexes. Believing that this tight inventory that we face nationally um, keeps a rental demand really high. And the price of rents has been going up across the board. So a lot of energy being placed into creating uh, those big projects where people can make premium rents. That's probably about the rundown. The only other thing I got here in my notes that I wanted to mention today was that the Federal Open Market Committee again trimmed the bond buying uh, purchase of the QE3 here. They dropped another $10 billion a month out of that. So now we're down to... 35 billion um, and it looks like we're keeping the pace to be fully out of quantitative easing probably around Halloween um, Thanksgiving era so that'll be interesting to see how it shapes up so far interest rates this year right in the face of this reduction in bond buying the interest rates have um, dropped and remain near historic lows it's really a good time to make sure that the financing you have on your house on your investment property on your second home uh, that you're in the right loan program we see really unbelievably good rates right now um, Looking at 15-year loans is always a good idea. If you're in a position to be able to afford to pay a little bit more, you could cut your loan term in half. Uh, also, adjustable rate loans are um, really good low interest rates. If you're interested at all in exploring that, uh, you can reach us by calling 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626. Or you can come to our website, centralcoastlending.com, where you'll find all of the info you need to make a great financial decision. Thanks much for being with us. Happy Solstice. We'll see you next week with another episode of Mortgage Matters. Be well.